up in the morning and had by my bedside table a pint of Jack Daniels, ready to go, first thing in the morning. Before I even got out of bed, I'd killed that sucker. By lunchtime, I was having a couple beers in order to keep going. And this was just the way I had accepted my life to be. I had a really close friend of mine. I broke into her house, essentially, <laughs> and passed that on the couch. She comes in and is like, hey, Mo, what's up, girl? And I said, I am sick. I'm an alcoholic, and I'm dying, and I need help. My close friends knew, but they didn't know what to do. So they thankfully found a place for me to go, one of the few free detox centers in the U.S., I get admitted and immediately they put me on all these drugs to help me not die of seizures. The first night I'm there, I'm laying in bed and shaking and sweating through three sets of sheets and blankets. And as I was laying there, I looked over onto the floor on the rug and there was this bulging bubble three feet across. And the bubble got bigger and bigger and bigger over the next few hours. And I'm watching the sunrise and it's getting lighter in the room. The bubble cracked apart. And in the middle of this huge pocket was a fully grown, fully formed hyena. She kind of shook the pieces of floor off of her fur and looked up at me and said, Hi, I'm Bubbles. And I said, I'm sorry, what? Um, and she said, oh, yes, and you need to get up and get the hell out of here and go and have a drink. And I said, first of all, you're a hallucination. Second of all, I'm not talking to you. And I rolled over and she started, you know, how hyenas have that weird kind of like. <laughs> and she's pacing back and forth going, we need to have a drink right now, right now, right now, right now. Just screaming and yelling at me. And I'm clapping my hands over my ears going, this is the worst day <laughs> of my life. After the first day of this and into the second day, she got more detailed in explaining why we needed to drink. We were useless and no one cared. And if we died, that'd be fine. The next week, I had started seeing her not just in my room. I would see her out of the corner of my eye down the halls as I was walking to a meeting as I was going to the bathroom as I was coming back from dinner I would see this little brown spotted tuft zipping at the end of the hallway waiting for me all the time and I finally decided I was going to fight it but she was invincible there was nothing that would stop her two weeks went by in rehab and three weeks went by and finally I was about to be discharged and the day I was going to leave I packed up my stuff and I walked out on Gough Street and started walking towards Market. Sunny blue skies and I'm pulling along my suitcase and a hyena walking next to me with the claws clicking on the sidewalk and the panting and I could feel her bumping into me walking in that weird kind of loping, slopey gait that hyena have. And she was just pleased as hell to be outside. She's like, yes, this is going to be fantastic. Three blocks from here, I know where there's a liquor store. And then four blocks from here, I know where there's another one. And between here and the house is at least eight. And I got to this block under the freeway where I was then approached by this guy who was obviously selling something. And the guy zips open the bag. And this man had a case of booze in his bag. Well, I have been offered all kinds of drugs on the street. I had never had someone walk up to me and try to sell me a bottle of booze. 
and Bubbles put her paws up on the edge and was just salivating. Oh, this is so good. Look, you didn't even have to go into a store. It's right here. Maybe he'll give you two for one. And I looked at him and I said, I just got out of rehab. I've been sober for 21 days. No, thanks, man. And I looked down and I said, Bubbles, no. For the next year or so, I played this game of kick the out of this hyena over and over and over again. And I'll never forget, I was sitting on the Crosstown bus. And as we were having this struggle one day, I finally said, you know, I can't hate you anymore because you're so much a part of me and you're in so much pain. What can I do to make you happy? And I had this sensation of just holding her and having that sensation of having all of that rage and all of that anger reintegrate and to feel like we could survive as a human being, even though there was terrible evil hyena in the human being, was deeply sobering. Over the course of the next year, I started thinking, you know, actually, I want to honor her. I want to honor that part of me that does bleed and scream and ache and moan. So I went to this tattoo artist, and right now I have her on my forearm. I see her every day, and I'm able to see that part of me as beautiful. She's still here, and she still wants to run the show. And there's some days where she's really loud. There's some days where she pulls apart and turns back and goes, okay... Now you've done it. Now you've proven you don't have to drink anymore. So why don't we just toast to your success? And I'm able to look at her and say, you know, not today. Not right now. Check back with me tomorrow. Thank you for sharing your story, Melina Williams. One day at a time and much love from the Snap. That piece was produced by Snap Judgment's own Julia DeWitt. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.